Welcome back to In the Queue, Film Conversations with Andrew and Phil. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Ooh. Surprisingly, I never watched Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. <laughs> I don't think I've seen one entire episode really? in my life. Yeah. Really? Never. I mean, I watched PBS, of course. We were only allowed to watch PBS when we were kids. Sure. My, sis- my sister and I. But we watched Square One. We watched the electric uh, company that, yeah, Sesame Street and other stuff. But, yeah, I never I guess I thought that <laughs> like Tom Snyder in this film, that he was too square. <laughs> <laughs> he was too he was too nice. But now I really appreciate just how nice and gentle he really was. Yeah, uh, I'm Andrew. I'm your other co-host. And Phil, I think it's funny that you did that as your introduction, because my introduction was going to be that I was not allowed to watch Mr. Rogers when I was a kid, even though I saw many episodes of it, many more than you did. Uh, and the reason for that was because my parents thought that he was condescending to children and yeah. they didn't want us watching something with someone who condescended to them. Now that's an interesting thing about this film because it kind of flies in the face of that in, in a, in a manner of speaking uh, shows that he was a lot more socially conscious and, really trying to deal with serious issues than perhaps some of his contemporaries. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I was, I, I was never a Mr. Rogers fan per se, because my parents didn't really want us to watch him at all. Yeah. And they touch on that in this great new documentary. Won't you be my neighbor mm-hmm. about not just his legacy and, and his success, but also the backlash, which I was not really that aware of is a lot of people did think, which is silly that he ruined an entire generation of kids who yeah. thought, I, it's okay just for me to be myself. I don't have to try. I don't have to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I'm fine just the way I am, which I don't think that's – I think it's ridiculous to blame Mr. Rogers for something like that. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, we'll get all into this discussion about won't she be my neighbor in just a moment. First, though, I want to tell you guys out there where you can find our show on the web, if you haven't already. You can find us at our blog, which is found at www.in-the-q.com. We're also on Facebook. Just search Facebook for In The Q. Q-U-E-U-E is how that's spelled. Uh, Both those places, you'll find all of our episodes. And then on Facebook, you'll also be able to uh, see the articles and other things that we post in addition to the episodes. And we encourage you to like us on Facebook because if you do that, then we can communicate with you and invite you to be on the show if you want to talk about the film of your choice. Also, we have a Twitter. It is at ITQ Podcast. Lastly, we have iTunes. We have iTunes. We are also on <laughs> we have iTunes. Them. We have them and we have demands. <laughs> we yes, and so we're one, on. We will release one section of iTunes for each demand that you meet. We're on that, uh, and also we you can find us on podcast aggregates like Overcast or Podcast and whatnot. So without further ado, today's episode is about Won't You Be My Neighbor? Won't you be my neighbor? It's an invitation to help somebody know that they're loved and capable of loving. Love is at the root of everything. Love or the lack of it. Fred's work was love your neighbor and love yourself. 
it was a communication right into their hearts. Children have very deep feelings, just the way everybody does. There must be times when you do feel blue. I'm not feeling blue right now, though. Me neither. <laughs> Thank you for whatever you do to bring joy and hope, light and love to our world today. Please won't you be my neighbor? Oh, oh, very sweet. Sweet little trailer. So this film is basically just a, an exploration into the life lessons and legacy of Mr. Rogers, uh, the yeah. iconic children's television host who hosted a program on public television for several years and then became an icon of sorts. And even yeah. though I yeah. didn't watch his show, uh, I still knew what he stood for, who he was. Part of that was because of uh, parody. I remember uh, Eddie Murphy <laughs> on Saturday Night Live doing a hilarious parody of him. Of course. Uh, which they touched on in the film wisely. But seeing this movie now... Uh, oh, man. This is like the movie we really needed, I think. <laughs> and I think it's not partisan, even. It's no. just It's just a kind of revisiting... Uh, a part of our past, in, in in the case of our generation, it was our youth, even though yeah. we're still young. Yeah. But it was a part of our childhood that we probably didn't think about too much uh, after it happened. But this movie kind of reminds me of how ambitious Mr. Rogers was, uh-huh. how how much of a visionary and a mastermind he was how he had a very specific goal and vision in mind for what he wanted to do for children across America. Yeah. And it's, and it's also a testament to the power of kindness, not just, uh, the kindness that was on display on his program, the way, uh, children were kind to each other and the way the adults were kind to the children. But one of my favorite things about it is something that I was able to see before the the film on YouTube where Mr. Rogers goes before the Senate to appeal for yeah. uh, like a $10 million grant um, off, to fund his show. shared clip of Mr. Rogers on the old social media. Yeah, and he just, with patience and, and humility, and but a lot of intelligence, you know, he appeals to Senator Pastor about why he wants the money. And it's just a great moment. I encourage anybody to see this film to find out what I mean. Mr. Rogers was able to get what he wanted and still be a kind, considerate person. Mm-hmm. That, to me, I think is the biggest lesson that we can all take away at this complicated moment in our lives. Yeah. I love the film. It was a great documentary. I wholeheartedly agree that it was a great documentary. I found myself tearing up on multiple occasions uh, for someone who wasn't even a big part of my childhood or my life. Uh, I think that what this documentary is masterful at doing is helping us to realize the totality of his philosophy and the totality of what it is that he not only was trying to convey through his program, but what he truly believed that the man himself believed in this, this idea of love and kindness being the heart of all Mm -hmm. good things, the love or lack thereof, as he says in that, that clip from the trailer you just heard. Yeah. He 
it's it's so it's almost overwhelming watching this film seeing how much how committed he was to that goal and how committed he was to that end and making sure that people understood that i one of the great i i hate to spoil the surprise of the film there's some surprises in the film at least for me yeah um should we talk about some of the we should <laughs> yeah well uh yeah why not sure well, i mean one of the things that they lead with is when they talk about the program and and when it first got on the air in the first week that it was on the air the very first week they were broaching the subject of vietnam and mm. how to talk about it and how to explain it to children and how to help them understand what was actually going on over there and i you know for someone who had been raised with this idea of mr rogers being this kind of condescending figure who, who kind of talks down to children it was striking for me to see that he was that bold and that that uh aggressive and progressive in yeah in 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 approaching this and there's so much great footage in this film of him dealing with the children one-on-one as himself and also him dealing with one-on-one with the children as his puppet creations. I mean, there are these fascinating and, and you know, I mean, I, I know a number of puppeteers myself and I know a number of people who work with children and I suppose this wouldn't be as big a surprise to them. And it wasn't really a surprise to me, but to see it in action is really something extraordinary he's standing there with a puppet on the end of his hand not trying to mask his mouth or pull a ventriloquism act or anything like that and the children that he is interacting with are interacting directly to the puppet and they are expressing their true feelings to this puppet and they are receiving feeling back from the puppetry and treating it as a, a, a genuine interaction between two equals it's interesting to think how that might play, you know, in this era where oh, yeah. we're so kind of inured to high definition screens and everything. Like even a, even a child who doesn't have a mobile device or, you know, whatnot, uh, they probably would still be captivated. And it, uh, it also helps that Mr. Rogers himself had a, a really unique kind of charisma and a yeah, very yeah. kind of electric confidence and, and gentleness that he really does, he connects with children in a way that few people do. And he seems to have also uh, employed a handful of other adults who had yeah. that same kind of ability to, to connect. Yeah. Uh, like who, who it was, it was a real pleasure to see, for example, uh, Francois Clemens uh, yes. talk about his role on the show. And um, Lady Aberlin was also great in the way she was kind of talking about adult topics with with the kids. Yeah. So, you know, like one of the things they say in the the trailer is, you know, how this was such an unlikely kids show because it had one set, an unlikely star, low budget. Um, Yet it's a real testament to the love, the talent and the vision of this crew who who really believed in what they were doing and believed it would make a difference. Yeah. Um, and it's, talking about tearing up, I mean, for me, the part that made me really start crying was because this movie, like it makes you feel so safe and so comfortable with just, you feel like you're not going to be surprised with anything upsetting. Sure. And it kind of gets you in this safe space where it's almost like you're watching your childhood 
flashed before your eyes. And the part that got me was when I started talking about the Challenger disaster from 1986. Oh, yeah. And they were showing footage of the astronauts all optimistic and excited getting on the shuttle. And they showed S. Krista McAuliffe. And then they show, of course, the explosion in the sky, which, uh, of course, you know, maybe, maybe for our generation, that was the first really serious national trauma because, yeah, uh, yeah, I was six years old. And actually, at my elementary school was, was built that year and they, they didn't know what to call it. So they had a contest. And then the people, all voted to name it after S. Krista McAuliffe. So that's where I went to elementary oh, wow. school. Wow. So, yeah, so at that part, it was almost like a collective group therapy. And I just like, oh, it's safe, you know, like let it out. You know, we're all kind of grieving over the, the current political situation. That's the undeniable subtext of this film. Yeah. So let's also kind of revisit our past and try to wrap it all up. And really, this is film is a call to action. It's It's clearly a film reacting to the Trump presidency and a lot of the a lot of the uh, kind of um, things that are being dialed back uh, in yeah. terms of our um, the way we treat one another and our politics and whatnot, the way we treat children. And it's clear that that's kind of the subtext here. But this is a film that can really be appreciated by any fucking buddy, anybody <laughs> alive who was once a child or is a child, well, I think, and I think learned something. I think even more than that, I think that the, this universal concept of love and kindness, it, that's what like really hit me hard while watching this film was how simple those truths are and how hard it seems to be for not just children, but adults to grasp that. And and mm-hmm. hold on to that through their life, right? Uh, you know, we talk about everybody having formative experiences that shape who they are and shape their morality and kind of the way that they go about their lives. I think that that's true in a lot of ways. And I think that, you know, in my case, I think that Sesame Street certainly shaped a lot of that. Seeing a, a like a very multicultural show of, uh, that that embraced you know spanish language speakers and embraced uh like this kind of uh utopian maybe but very progressive worldview i think unquestionably shaped me in at least some way um Mm -hmm. and so i think i you know i watch this documentary and i see this dedication that Fred Rogers has to just you know kindness and civility and all that and it's even funnier because we we're, we're recording this episode in the same within a week of this uh red hen episode in virginia where sarah huckabee sanders was asked to leave a restaurant because the people who were running the restaurant you know decided that they disagreed with her her politics and her policies and what she was doing to the country and therefore they asked her to leave in a very civil Mm -hmm. fashion i will add and then of course there's been the all but too predictable outcry from every talking head on every cable news network and all over the internet and everybody's tweeting about it and Facebooking about it and all this other kind of stuff, all their absolute unmitigated rage about how terrible this is and how it's the breakdown of civility and all this kind of stuff. But it honestly, it, it, <laughs> the people who are complaining the loudest about civility are the people who bring oftentimes the most uncivil to others. And mm-hmm. watching this, I, 
I'm just sitting there with my heart breaking thinking, yeah. oh man, we have strayed so far from this kind we of have. world. And not just not just kind of the uh the clear association with the political moment, but there was there was a certain kind of magic in the air when I saw this film because you know, Coco the gorilla had just died, oh, and then there's yeah. the scene near the end where Mr. Rogers and Coco mm. are bonding, and and, I, and actually I wept uncontrollably during that. <laughs> yeah, and they're just they're loving each other, and and Mr. Rogers is connecting with this gorilla, and it really I do think that that love, you know, it's it's not necessarily just between humans. I think that sure animals uh, can feel it too, and I you know it, it's nice to be able to have a documentary with the irrefutable evidence to prove that to anybody who doubts it yeah. uh, as if you needed the proof, you know, here is, here is the footage and it does not lie. It's, it's real. Love is real and love is a philosophy and it's a way of living and it works. It just takes a lot of patience and humility and trust and fearlessness. And this guy who is this frail man had that strength within him yeah. to do it and to do it his whole life. So I think, if anything, this is ironically a lesson to the adults, whereas his show was really intended for kids who yeah. are on their way to becoming adults. But as an adult, I feel like I'm learning more from him than I did when I was a kid. Yeah, same same here. And I don't think that... Uh, I, you know, I don't know if my parents were wrong in saying that he was condescending. I think there's an element of the show that still bothers me. Uh, to this day, um, at some point in this documentary, they talk about how uh, annoyed somebody was by the the verbal tick of of one of the characters who goes meow meow. Thank you, meow meow. Yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, all the all the time. Every every sentence is punctuated by multiple meows, and it's and it to me, I I find that uncontrollably annoying. It's just it's something that just bothers <laughs> the hell out of me, but what this documentary is great at doing is kind of stripping that away and saying, okay, yeah, but what's behind all of the, the pretense, what's behind all of the showmanship and what's behind it is very clearly something that's precious and valuable and, and worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And, and this, this documentary just does a great job of painting that portrait, you know, really letting us it's, know who the man was and what he was trying to accomplish. One of the best uh, stories a documentary filmmaker can tackle, I would say, is to create a portrait of a remarkable person. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, this film is like an hour and a half of pure love. It's yeah. it's just it's a, you know with that person you often try to make them seem like you know like they're the greatest person alive, and you know you've got. Ruth Bader Ginsburg film, which is, I think, aiming to do the same thing and and kind of show this is why this person is important. And this film does that in some great ways that are a little surprising. Now, I think the obvious way is to show how lovable he was. There's an interesting moment near the end, too, where they decide the filmmakers decide to take a kind of a slightly more detached look at Fred Rogers' life and they they start to kind of bandy about the idea of of what he symbolized in like 
a religious sense, whether he was a right. goat or a sheep. Right, right. And right. Uh, they were the character in the film. I mean, the actual person says that you know he was most definitely a sheep. And I actually, I I turned to my wife afterwards, and I was like, so like, well, that was an interesting thing to kind of include in the film. And I was like, so what what was your understanding of that? And she's like, well, yeah, she was. They were saying that he was holy. He was good. He was a sheep because I was thinking, you know, sheep is like a follower, but. But right. they were kind of looking at him as sort of like, no, he was, he was the good, the good guy. He was, he was following the right path and he was. Yeah. They, you know, they go was, to a, a biblical understanding of sheep, which is not the sort of modern, the modern day implication is that, yeah, if you're a sheep, you are a mindless drone who is following whatever someone tells you to do. But in the biblical sense, being of the flock is a positive thing. Um, it's a very, mm-hmm. it has a very positive connotation. So yeah, it, it is good that they kind of parse that out and, and give you a better understanding of what they mean when they say that. Um, mm-hmm. because I think that, you know, they're right. <laughs> I mean, in so far as the, sure. the metaphor holds, it's they're they're correct in that, that he is that, that person who is steadfast and, and moral and good. Yeah, and there's never. Uh, I think a, a lot of people are constantly getting their souls crushed and getting disappointed to learn about people that we idolized in the public eye, mm-hmm. many of them in the entertainment industry, sure. who have been exposed for their perversions, for their failings, yeah, and for their uh, their flaws that just kind of crush us, and we feel like, oh, well, there's nothing sacred. You know, do we have anybody to believe in, anybody to, to love, anybody to look up to? And this guy seems to be fairly spotless, <laughs> which is encouraging and, and, and good good on him. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that he's somebody that we can look to to believe in in this day and age as, as an example of, of that, you know, goodness, kindness is, is not only possible, but... Uh, but within reach for, for everybody. Yeah. Unless, unless anybody think that this is getting too sappy or too partisan or too political or any of that kind of stuff that people, people like to read politics into everything nowadays. And of course I say that if, if politics have become your identity, then you've lost your soul. Like you're, you're done for, um, politics can inform your identity, but they should never be your identity. Uh, but Fred Rogers was a lifelong Republican as they, talk about in this film he was a lifelong republican he was right of center possibly another reason that my parents wanted me to watch uh sesame street instead of mr rogers but uh he he is a very he's just a moral man a moral man who also is religious to some to some degree he's a minister which i didn't know beforehand Yeah, or was at one point in time, at the very least, yeah. and then and then went on this sort of uh, you know trail where he could evangelize more effectively. I think is kind of the way that he saw do his his service in the television industry. Uh, so it's this isn't a partisan thing that we're talking about, um, and it's really quite eye-opening and quite uh 
reassuring to see somebody who does not adhere to a, a specific political expectation that you might have of somebody who has this particular mission. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's, it does a very good job of not making it seem like that. I think that your statement about politics not being the, the be-all, end-all is, is, is spot on. And it, it's especially true when it comes to our entertainment yes. or our, our cultural enrichment of some kind. And that's kind of what I have always aspired to is just to kind of reach people um, in some kind of universal, simple way that things that unite us rather than divide us. Yeah. Um, and I think that a lot of people will just take that phrase itself, you know, oh, you want to unite us. You must be a liberal Hillary supporter. Right. Well, right. well, no. I mean, wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to find some common ground with me? Wouldn't you like to find some common ground with anybody? So right. we're so, all living on the same earth. We're all living in the same country in, in the case of our sort of modern politics. I accept yeah. that there are people who are going to think differently than I do. And that I, there are a lot of things that I'm going to have to compromise on in order to live with those people in the same society, but to not have that same recognition from others is, is distressing to say the least. I think that movies are really one of the best and last ways where we can empathize with one another and, and have a shared cultural experience that is not necessarily partisan, but it's, it's almost the way to reach some kind of moderate understanding of one another's lifestyles and beliefs. Yeah. And I think, I think anybody today, (laughs) I hope that anybody today would be totally repulsed as I was by the footage of, of racists dumping bleach in a pool that African-Americans were swimming in. I think that anybody would be touched to know that uh, Mr. Rogers was breaking new ground when he was, when he had the simple act of sharing a a foot bath with a a black man, uh, which at the time was like a, a, a revolutionary thing. I think we can all agree now that that's good, that that was a good thing. We're (laughs) glad that he did that. Right. Uh, I don't think there's anything too, uh, you know, crackpot liberal going on in this film. So I would encourage anybody of any political stripe to trust that it's worth it to see this movie and let's all try and get some kind of understanding together. I think movies at their best can do that for people. Well, it's yet another one of those fantastic Roger Ebert quotes that I like to bring up from time to time on this podcast. One of my favorite quotes from him is the movies are a, a machine that generate like film is a machine that generates empathy. Right. And I think that that there's nothing more true than that. That's part of the reason that I love film as much as I do is that it allows you to experience other people's lives and other people's cultures and other people's trials and tribulations and the difficult things in their lives and the exciting things in their lives and the, you know, the challenging things in their lives and the hard decisions that we have to make as human beings and the love that we feel and the hate that we feel and all of these things. And it works it out. And that's what great drama does. That's what catharsis is all about. It's about feeling those emotions and flushing them through your system and, and really experiencing them. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's also why I get really frustrated by my friends who are like, I don't like watching sad movies. I'm like, well, it's, a, it's a great way to experience that emotion and get it out of your, like, just like flush it, like understand it, feel it, 
I understand why people some some people don't want to watch sad movies, and I'm fine with that. But yeah, for me, it's it it's you know, scary movies might be a better example. It's like no, feel that fear. Fear is a good thing to feel from time <laughs> to time. Like keep yourself sharp. Uh, but. I feel like <laughs> we had a conversation not long ago on this podcast about how the number of shared cultural experiences are, are diminishing because everybody's able to sort of go into their corner and only watch the things that they want to watch and listen to the things they want to listen to and play the things they want to play. And I think that that's a, a, a terrible, unfortunate thing that's happening to our culture because it does allow us to kind of separate ourselves and say, I don't have anything in common with you. Because you don't watch any of the things I watch. You don't listen to the things I listen to. You don't play the things I play. And that's a, a, a terrible misunderstanding of our shared humanity. And I think that this film is such a great reminder of that shared humanity. And the fact that we are mm-hmm. all in this together. And that we are all on this planet together. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's great. I mean, it's a great documentary. <laughs> Yeah, and I, th- you know, we've talked about like as you say, shared cultural experience and how it's really diminishing. And you know what the last shared cultural experience is really? What? The internet. <laughs> so let's all fight for net neutrality. <laughs> Too late for that. We've already lost that battle. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that's that's actually what I I do believe that that's the only thing that really everybody seems to value. Uh, unequivocally and it's it's an abstract thing to value of course yeah and it's also valued uh, for different reasons by different people there are those who value it because it creates pain and causes strife and division and that's not that's not necessarily a positive thing well yeah 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 yeah. the internet is the best and the worst all in one place i know and that's where we are (laughs) right now (laughs) well we have to get better as a culture at sorting through and understanding what is good and what is bad on the internet Mm. I feel like those of us who grew up with the internet have a fairly good understanding of this, even though there are plenty of people who don't. I feel mm. like the older gen we're, we're running into a generation gap at this point where these old farts, especially in, in politics are just, they, they don't live in the same world that we do uh, in terms of the way that they engage and, and what they understand and what they believe to be true and what they take with or without a grain of salt I think they believe too much of what happens on the internet and that's dangerous because we know that the internet is 98% bullshit (laughs) and 2% (laughs) good stuff. Uh, So, you know, it's, it's difficult when you're, when you're talking to the people who are making the legislation and they believe that 98% is good stuff and 2% is bullshit. I'd like to think that uh, in the queue makes up most of that 2%. (laughs) Wait, as bullshit or as as uh, good stuff? No, no, no. Oh shit! I got my figure skewed. We're, we're the good guys. <laughs> well, it we're depends on guys. it depends on who's looking at it. Are you an old fart or are you a young person? I think I'm fairly young, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. So we're the good stuff then. We're the good stuff. <laughs> uh, Mister Mister Rogers was definitely the good stuff as yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, I think Andrew and I are unanimous in our our feelings about this film. Yep. It's worth it's worth seeing. It's great. Uh, if you're Stingy with your dollars. Uh, know that it has an 85 Metascore and an 8.7 yeah. on IMDb, which is great. You yeah, can't beat that shockingly rating. High. Shockingly. So uh, we encourage you to check it out. Maybe even for July 4th, it'll be a nice patriotic way to celebrate. Yeah. Great way to to great film to go see with the family too. 
mm-hmm. you also might shed a tear or two. Um, I mean, it's wonderful, like good tears, not uh, not bad tears. Uh, yeah. It's it's really a wonderful, touching, very very uh, well constructed portrait of a, a a good human being. It's a good mm-hmm. it's a good film. Yes. Yeah, so that concludes our episode about won't she be my neighbor? Won't you listen to our next podcast, mm. which is coming out? You like what I did there? I do. It's going to be a listener's choice. We're really excited about this one. It's going to be the film Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me. Ooh. We're going to have a new guest. Steve is coming on the show to talk about this film. He's very knowledgeable about it, so stay tuned for that. We'll see you then.